It seems like every week we hear of another massive ransomware attack or data breach. The good news is that people are finally starting to realize that ransomware, and cyber attacks in general, are one of the biggest challenges facing organizations today. Hi everyone and welcome to the Resilient Journey podcast sponsored by ClearRisk. I'm your host Mark Hoffman and today we are continuing our series on cybersecurity by speaking with Sean Sullivan, the CEO of Usado. With headquarters based just north of Toronto and operations in both Canada and the US, Usado provides 24 by 7 cybersecurity and compliance services. We'll get into it with Sean right after we hear from my friends at ClearRisk. Navigating changes in the risk landscape can be daunting without access to the right tools. ClearRisk's centralized risk management solution streamlines the process of data collection and analysis, helping customers make impactful decisions and focus on big picture initiatives. ClearRisk provides a highly configurable, easy to use solution that gives our customers the confidence to inform decision making and proactively optimize risk in their organizations. Effective risk management begins with data you can trust. Learn more at clearrisk.com. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Before we get too deep into our conversation, tell the listeners a little bit about your background and about Usado. Great. Thanks, Mark. Happy to be a part of this. Um, my background is has been in, in information technology, which is encompassing of InfoSec, um, IT infrastructure, cloud, and uh, Tier 1 ERP. I've been doing this for about 20 years in um, working with various organizations, medium and enterprise throughout North America and Europe um, and having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, Usado is an organization that was founded on the principles of security as a security services company uh, stacked in professional services from a compliance perspective, uh, breach response and incident response, and then proactively supporting our customers through our um, managed security service uh, or our SecOps team. Over the t- over time, um, we have diversified, or I should say, uh, integrated is probably the right word. Uh, integrated various other services that I think go hand in hand today, uh, or are very valuable to today's security uh, consumers, computer uh, security uh, services consumers, and that's in IT, DevOps, uh, and cloud services. Uh, we have found that organizations that have historically subscribed to, whether that be from a risk point of view or a revenue point of view associated to compliance to SOC services, haven't typically had the bandwidth or the knowledge to deal with remediation when they've got an organization that's proactively monitoring them 24 by 7. So uh, that's a little bit about the organization. And um, we're a uh, Growing, quick, fast-growing organization, as one would assume in this industry, and covering uh, counts uh, North America and Europe-wide in uh, all sorts of industries. Excellent. The growing threat of ransomware is really prominent right now, and it's really hitting businesses hard. On one hand, organizations are buying more security tools and have heightened awareness around cyber attacks. But on the other hand, it seems like bad actors are exploiting weaknesses and installing ransomware at will. In your opinion, what are organizations not doing well enough in 2021? Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, we're on the tail end of our pandemic, um, and I'm saying that cautiously, but um, I'm a glass half full, so I say tail end of our pandemic. 
Um, I think the pandemic has really forced all of us to change the way we operate. Um, I think that's brought a few things to light where re- remote workers are, are, are the norm. Um, and I think it's brought together some of the things that we've captured amongst our client base, which is really the integration or lack thereof uh, from the IT ops and SecOps teams. Um, and depending on the size and complexity of the organization, take that up a notch and weave in your governance strategies. Um, so I think there's, there, there still is an ongoing miss or disconnection between what IT is doing or line of business is doing from an IT and applications perspective and how that gets integrated into a comprehensive cybersecurity and compliance program. Now, you and your team at Usado spend a lot of time with customers, and obviously they're looking to mitigate the impact of a cyber attack. But unfortunately, I get the feeling that from time to time, or maybe too often, companies are calling you either to help them out of a mess after they've suffered an attack, or they're looking for you to help them prevent a second attack. Uh, Are you seeing a lot of that? We've been involved in three or four cases now this year where that was exactly the case. Um, And fundamentally it was, it really had come down to organizations that, you know, have been around for some time, you know, 20 years, 25 years, very successful organizations that really never took the step into a security program um, and so in one particular case, the organization really just failed to invest in IT. Um, and if you look at integrating IT and security, again, we're talking about IT systems that were long past due, uh, not patched correctly, uh, no governance or controls around administration, no segregation on networks, et cetera. And so unfortunately for them, yeah, we're being called in after the fact, uh, which is extremely disruptive to their business and rather can be rather expensive. Um, and then the fallout from that is, uh, well, geez, I think we clearly now need to start spending our time and focus on prevention. Um, and it's that, you know, age old adage, you know, like safety begins after an accident and we're seeing it far too often. And by waiting to call you, companies are failing to do something that I know you and I both strongly agree with, and that's being proactive. And being proactive can include anything from dealing with security protocols to response planning, anything really. So describe for us from a technical perspective, how you encourage organizations to be proactive when it comes to integrating the technical teams who need to work together to mitigate an attack. And specifically, I'm thinking of the Info Security Group and IT operations. Yeah, it's, 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 it's challenging in a lot of organizations because security, I think, far too often in most organizations is really looked at, uh, looked at like an insurance policy. So it really depends on, you know, what framework or what frame of mind an organization is coming from. And in those cases, the challenge becomes cultural uh, and then financial and, you know, a, a cost justifying what can be uh, um, a, a, a large spend to an organization to build and, and, and implement a cybersecurity program. Uh, but I think, you know, from an IT perspective where there are staff and capabilities um, uh, that are available, you know, it, it's really working on the best practices within IT to ensure that networks are properly architected and that systems are patched. And, you know, we patch management's been, 
uh, been around for as long as I've been in this industry, but you know, certainly it's taken on a, I think a new level of criticality. Um, and a lot of organizations really haven't got that nailed down or, or have integrated any sort of vulnerability management program associated to patch. Um, the integration of IT ops and SecOps, depending on the organization, uh, can take a little bit of work, um, but uh, there are some baby steps and some low-hanging fruit that go a long way into helping secure an organization. That's more often or most often where we start. Is the obstacle there, you talked about it being difficult sometimes to, to integrate. Um, is that one of the obstacles people are kind of protecting their turf? Or what do you see as one of the main reasons that there's an obstacle there? Yeah, I think it's I think it's actually threefold. One uh, could be, and and sometimes is protection of turf. Uh, there's a lot of people that have that have been successful in their careers for various companies in the realm of IT. That when a security organization or or a security program gets brought in, uh, feel like they might be exposed to things that maybe aren't so secure, and it puts a negative spotlight on them. So that can certainly be a challenge. Um, the integration of IT ops and SecOps technically is not the challenge. It's really more on the culture side um, where you've got um, right up to and including senior management uh, in organizations that have this just-in-time, get-it-done um, uh, program that IT just kind of follows the lead and don't necessarily follow a, 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 a policy or have a policy or a control in place to ensure that what is getting done is being done securely and isn't putting the business at risk. Um, so really, it really is a cultural thing. The third thing is uh, finance, right? Um, a lot of IT organizations within, uh, w- within large corporations, um, I find most often have a very difficult time articulating value for dollars spent in incorporation of a, uh, for the incorporation or integration of a SecOps program. Uh, so I do spend a lot of time talking to C-level executives about monetization of spend across security and IT and compliance programs to help differentiate themselves in their own markets. Um, and, um, and in some cases, that integration can lead to consolidation of uh, IT technologies and services, which can sometimes lead to cost savings. But th- there is a finance uh, barrier there as well. I want to shift to talk about backups because I know they're critical when it comes to responding to a, a ransomware attack. But it goes beyond just backing up data and kind of hoping for the best. Uh, I met with a client yesterday who told me, yeah, I think probably about 95% of the time our backups work okay. Can you share your views on what makes a backup strategy successful as we think in terms of ransomware and cyber attacks? Yeah, absolutely. I think number one is validation. Um, and I think uh, the the program or the check marks around validation, are, I think, are missing in most organizations. Um, the, <clears throat> excuse me. I think the other component of it would be uh, app- application criticality and business function criticality um, and understanding where that lies as part of a disaster recovery, business continuity, or cyber incident response plan. Um, I think, you know, if you wanted to take it a step further, it would really be understanding what's being backed up. Um, are, you know, are we backing up uh, anything that could potentially be malicious? 
Um, so I think with all of that said, I think number one would certainly be validation. I mean, we come across this all the time in just about every breach scenario that uh, we get involved in where the customer says, uh, yeah, we have a backup. And I would suggest, let's just say 50% of the time, um, those backups are not functional or not complete. When it comes to, um, Ransomware attacks, one of the main entry points is through employee vulnerability, phishing attacks and things like that. What do you recommend when it comes to employee training? I mean, does it go beyond anti-phishing campaigns? What would you recommend? Employee training is is paramount. Uh, it is something that we recommend in just about every single case, regardless of where we are brought in, whether that be from an IT ops perspective or SecOps or compliance, um, phishing and security awareness is, is, is paramount. Your employees are definitely your first line of defense. Certainly hackers are extremely sophisticated and can find all kinds of doors in. Um, one of the easiest ways for them to get in is to prey on untrained staff uh, through spear phishing or phishing attempts. Um, we deploy, uh, you know, industry leading technologies, uh, that allow us to build programs for organizations, whether that be by persona or by, uh, department, um, where we are constantly, uh, under a program fishing and, uh, and then, and then subsequently training. Uh, and, and I think, you know, like, like I suggested in the backup where in the backup discussion where validation is paramount, I think it, the same goes for your training and awareness, awareness training and phishing campaigns. They need to be scorecarded uh, and scorecarded regularly so that the organization and its providers, service providers know where they stand and know what correct, corrective actions need to be taken. I love that. I mean, you know, you can't improve what you can't measure, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to give you a statement and you tell me if you agree with it. And then I have a follow-up. A lot of people say that it's not if you get hit by a cyber attack, but when. Do you agree with that? Agreed. All right. So on that basis, then being proactive, we plan to be ready for a data breach or a ransomware attack. Give me some components of a good data breach response plan or a ransomware response plan. Certainly, I think number one would be identification of who the key stakeholders uh, in that response team are and what their roles and responsibilities would be, uh, depending on, again, on the size and complexity of the organization or the industry that you're in uh, that would and can include or should include up to legal PR, uh, legal and PR. Um, it does obviously need to incorporate elements of your insurance policies. Um, primarily, uh, it would be your IT groups. And having a a, a, um, a a discovery containment and eradication or rebuild framework. One of the things that I always tell people is this is not just an IT solution here. You have to you talked about having all of the right stakeholders at the table, um, and you know communications, legal, privacy, so many different uh, aspects of it. So yeah, thank you for that. That's good. Um, I read a report just the other day that talked about. 55% of ransomware attacks are on organizations with fewer than 100 employees. Why do you think that's the case? And give some advice to these small organizations. What can they do to even the playing field? 
So first on the comment of uh, cyber attack being more prevalent in smaller organizations, it's absolutely true. And I think the reason for that is, you know, the hackers or the bad actors are, are, are wise to the fact that those are the organizations or, or a segment of the business populace that are unprepared. Um, they typically haven't spent a lot of time or uh, made any investments in the realm of proactive uh, services or technologies that might help mitigate the risk of a breach. Um, you know, a recommendation to these organizations, number one, they're all operating on IT of some sort, typically hybrid of cloud and on-prem infrastructure with uh, various network architectures. Uh, the first step, I think, would be to validate what's on the network, understand what's on your network and who has access to what, um, train your employees uh, or training your employees, I, sh I should say, is a, is a very cost-effective way to get started. Um, and then as these programs develop or as the risk develops or identification of risks develop, um, look to incorporate uh, SecOps from a technology and servicing perspective, whether that's built out in-house at some layer or augmented by a service provider. Um, it doesn't have to be uh, super expensive and can, off, and can often be directly tied to revenue streams where we are looking at the marketing aspect of an organization trying to penetrate into a new industry or dealing with vendor management, which is hugely prevalent today. Uh, their customers, um, no doubt if they're not now, are going to be asking how they're, how they're satisfying for their own uh, cyber risk. So I think taking a look at all, at all of those areas, starting with IT, and the, the policies, procedures, the assets, and the access is, is a good place to start. Uh, the next place would be uh, employee awareness, and then it evolves from there. Is there a myth that you see that when you talk to people about engaging them as a potential client that you hear people say to you that, you know, they have a sort of a false view of cybersecurity and maybe too much of an optimism bias where they think they're not necessarily vulnerable? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely out there. I think less so these days. Um, I think, the, I mean, the news does a very good job in, 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 in our government here in Canada. Certainly the new administration in the United States is uh, um, very much spending their time and focus on cyber as global threats increase. Um, so I would say less so today because it is so in our face um, from the media. Um, I, think, I, I think where it might be failing is most SMBs, or if we call you know, the, the 100 or less organizations SMB, uh, where, where they really falters really an understanding as to where to get started. Um, and I think there's a perception that this is gonna be extremely expensive and complex um, and I think that's where having in, or making the investments uh, on, in, in staff of their own or uh, through a service provider that, that fits their organization can really help. And really demystifying, I, I suppose, is where I'm going and demystifying um, the costs and complexities associated to these things. Yeah, I like it. Really good insights. I appreciate uh, you taking some time to be the guest. You know, you're just the second uh, guest we've had on our new podcast here, The Resilient Journey, and I appreciate your insights. How can people get in touch with you to learn more about being proactive with their cybersecurity management? Yeah, sure. Uh, info at usado.com is one way. So uh, info at uzado.com. 
um, or they can reach me at sullivan at usado.com. That's S-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N at usado.com. Outstanding. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being uh, a guest on The Resilient Journey. My pleasure, Marcus. It's been great. Special thanks to our guest today, Sean Sullivan, CEO of Usado. And a very special thanks to our friends at ClearRisk for sponsoring the Resilient Journey podcast. That wraps our series on cybersecurity for now. I guarantee you that we'll have a lot more to say about this important topic in future episodes. Our next series focuses on how we can articulate the value of a BCM or resilience program to senior management. We'll speak with industry leaders James Green and Ashley Guzman, and we'll discuss ways you can take control of your career path with Steve Strout and Sean Watson. Join us next time, won't you, as we continue our resilient journey.